0: I have about five different messages for you this morning. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. Um, so I'm going to go through really quickly, okay? Um, it's going to be like a fireside chat, um, which if you're cold is great, but if you're tired, you just fall asleep. So either way, um, so the first thing I want to tell you is this. Um, I, here's my prayer for you. I pray that you'd have thick skin and soft hearts. Um, I pray that you would have thick skin and soft heart that this sensitive room of people, and I don't want you to be less sensitive, I just want you to be less sensitive to all the slings and arrows that have burnt our hearts to the ground instead of to the spirit of the Lord Jesus that lets us soar again. And there's a way to get thick on the outside and thick-skinned on the outside where we don't take all those words to heart and yet somehow we still stay so soft on the inside that the presence of Jesus can reach us. Does that make sense? And what would happen what would happen in our churches and in our cities if we stopped getting our feelings hurt and started having our hearts so soft to Jesus that we heard his voice every time he whispered? Can you imagine that? I like to think about that. And therein is the message one Amen. Message two I told you, I told you. My heart is full for you. Um, stay curious. We talk a lot about the four Cs, you know, character, culture, chemistry, competence. They're all important. But the fifth C, the one that I'm looking for with people that I want to run with is curiosity. I want people who are endlessly curious about the word of God, endlessly curious about the world around them, endlessly curious about their cities, endlessly curious about the solutions to the problems that only Jesus can bring. I'm so tired of people who are set in their ways because they heard it 15 years ago and they refuse to read again with the presence of the Holy Spirit. They don't want to stand on the Word. They want to stand under the Word and the Spirit. Does that make sense? I'm so hungry for people who are so curious that they're constantly reading, constantly listening, constantly asking if there somehow must be more than this because curiosity never settles, right? Curiosity Austin always, always reaches for more, always believes that there must be more that Jesus has. Not just for my blessing, but for the blessing of all the people. Be curious. Amen. Message two. I'm going to do it. Five messages. And we're going to have coffee anyway. It's, it's going to happen. I, this, you guys are going to be like, I, I, I was really disappointed. I see some people have already turned in their evaluations before my final message. I don't even know. <laughs> don't even know what's going on there. You think I've got thick skin and a soft heart. (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. Whoa, I'm feeling wild this morning. Slept about an hour last night. Um, here's my and and here's my third, here's the third message for this morning. Nothing in the world, nothing, nothing in our faith. You okay over there? It's just the holy laughter breaking out. It's Toronto all over. (laughs) I saw, I saw your Facebook photo, Jesse. I it blessed me. I, I, we, one of the reasons I only slept an hour last night is because I hung out with Harmony and Sandra. Sandra is a character, I think is the word I look for. And Sandra told me some stories that kept me up all night. But also, she showed, we got into a little hole in Pinterest of worship costumes. (laughs) Just... I don't know what to say, but if you need a camouflage ephod to, to go to war and come and see me afterwards and I will give you a link. All right. Now, that's just the joke between messages two and three. Here we go. Message three. You OK? Still there? Still there? Have I lost you yet? OK, message three. There's nothing so beautiful in our faith as perseverance. We, 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 we want stages, and we want books and albums, and we want uh, spotlights and all that stuff, but there's nothing like perseverance. Let me tell you why I, uh, I'm going to start crying and talk about her. Little Taryn blessed me so much because I've known her for a long time. Um, I used to go speak for her and Chuck when they were these, like, I mean, they felt like they were about 14. I mean, I know they were older. I just felt old for a long time. you know. And I used to go speak for this little conference they ran up in Scotland called Imagine. Man, they were dreaming of bigger things back then. And look at what they're doing now. You know what's amazing is I'm still married to Tori. She's still married. We, we, we're still doing the stuff. Like all these years later, like we, we, all these years later, it's been 10, 15 years. And now we've been running, me and Tori, we've been running with people for 25 and 30 and 40 years we've been running this thing. And so many have fallen away. So many shiny, shiny things have fallen away. So many promising leaders, so many extraordinary thinkers and talkers and singers and all that stuff have fallen away. And let me tell you what I want to do is I want to get to the end of this thing. And I want to be running full speed and look over and still see you at the finish line. That's, what else is there except to have that thing? I fought the, the good fight. I kept the faith, and I finished this race. And now all that's left for me, I love the way Eugene Pierce business. now all that's left is the shouting <laughs> when you cross the line. That's the shouting I'm living for now. I used to live for the shouting of the crowd, but now I'm living for that shouting. And I want to cross the line with all of you and a mighty host that we raised up as mothers and fathers. Maybe we're a little older. Maybe our uh, waist sizes are a little more expansive. Our hair's not as cool. I still wear the same shirt, I know. It's, it's just when, when you get to my age, it's just easier. Just by 25, the same thing. Change every day. I, if you wonder why I look like this in every video you see me in, it's because I literally, this is all I wear every day. It's just one less decision to make in the morning. I'm not joking, <laughs> it's really true, it's, it's, a, it's a life hack, I'm just, that's, a, that's message 3A. But <laughs> <laughs> Eagerly desire to finish this race in perseverance. So much else doesn't count. All the stuff we think counts. The longer you run it, the more that you realize that the the running and the finishing is the whole thing. I know we're living, we're living and we're performing, we're doing all this for him, right? Just keep that at the forefront of our minds so that perseverance becomes our goal and staying the course. take the long view sometimes. Don't sacrifice your families for a mid, you know, middle range success thing. If it's gonna destroy your family to have a proper worship ministry, then don't have a proper worship ministry. It's just not as important. I don't know how else to tell you. It's just not. If the songwriting you know, music, rock star career is killing your marriage, then stop being a rock star. It's just not that important. Perseverance is important. Amen. Message three. Now, message four. We're <laughs> doing great, man. I'm only like 10 minutes in. It's incredible. <laughs> I've already turned the halfway mark. Message five is a little longer than the first four, them, so we'll warn you now. I'll be short. I think a lot about um, this is what I was going to speak to you on, but I now know what I need to speak to you on. It's really big for me, but this is—I I really just want to leave. I want to give you this, though. Um, I've been thinking a lot about Matthew 16 and 17 in the past few days. I was thinking about it before I came. I know that when I speak, it has the appearance of I'm just talking off the top of my head, um, but I do think about these things a lot. It's just there's a lot going on up there, um, not in a good way. I don't mean that like it, it's a mighty place filled with many books. I. I <laughs> Here I was trying to like be really vulnerable. Like my, my brain's filled with like, you know, my brain's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it sounded like I was going into this vast hall of knowledge. I'm just selecting things to give you. No, it's not like that at all. It's like a, it's like Bangkok and Rush Hour up in my head. You know what I mean? Just 18 million people on motorbikes going, ee, ee, All right. Woo. I'm glad I'm at home. Glad I'm with my family. Woo. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I have been thinking about this. Is what I was trying to say. Um, it's from Matthew 16 and 17, and it's really just a little, it's just a little progression of things that I see there. Um, you know, this is a moment where we've come, and, and there's this incredible moment where Jesus says to the boys, "Who do you say?" Well, he says first, "Who do people say the Son of Man is?" You know? And and they everybody has an answer in that moment, you know. <laughs> Elijah, John the Baptist, you know, And then um, and then Jesus goes, Jesus asks the only important question for all of us, who do you say I am? Right? And then everybody gets real quiet, except of course Peter, who always has something to say, you know. I have a super affinity with him, you know, the only person in the Bible who is interrupted and told to shut up by all three members of the Trinity, Peter. <laughs> so <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be quiet to Peter. It's, it, check it out. Literally the only person in the Bible who alters the Trinity tell to be quiet. Isn't that incredible? I'm, I, I just, ugh. I read Peter and go, what an idiot, what an idiot. And then I go, it's me, it's me. I'm, I'm him. Oh, my word, right? Peter, Peter girds his loins, you know, and says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And, and you've got to understand that, you know, for in this moment here, um, you know, for us to say Jesus is the Son of God, like, I mean, you know, we've had 2,000 years of, you know, the, the scriptures and church history to help us understand that. The, the, the idea that Jesus was the Son of God was a shocking idea for those guys. This is a titanic moment. This is Peter stepping out in such a big way, such a huge moment of faith to say, you're the one. We've all been waiting. For 400 years, you, you know, heaven's been silent, no prophets, and you're here. You're actually here. You're the one. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And, you know, we've kind of come here and we've said, Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are, you are, you are. All these things. And here's what always happens when we say who we say that he is, when we speak out who you say you are to Jesus, Jesus always goes, now that you've told me who I am, let me tell you who you are, okay? And he says to Peter, you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? And part of what's happened here in these days is God has reset some identity things, right? Some of you had some identity pieces reset for you? Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> that was great. I was, people, people were like, no, not me. I mean, I, I came here perf- totally healed and like, boom, ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> as as we've come into the presence of Jesus and we've said, Jesus, you are, Jesus has gone. Okay, good. Now here's who you are, okay? No. The next piece of the picture is not so pretty, because almost immediately, Jesus begins to explain everything, and Peter, in his newfound identity, takes Jesus aside. This is brilliant. says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke the Lord. (laughs) Never, Lord, this will never happen to you. And then Jesus turned and said, get behind me, Satan, which is hard to hear from the Lord. I... If you, that's just like, you know, did you get a word from the Lord today? I did. You want to share it? I don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> 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 And I, I, I'm actually trying to make a point about something else. But just, just as a side there, I, this is, sometimes you're going to run ahead of yourself. So okay, Jesus is, is more than willing to, in love, tell us enough. You know, get behind me, Satan. Okay. <laughs> but what Jesus says to him is, look, you you don't you don't have in mind the things of God. You're thinking about the things of man, Peter. And that's what gets that's where we trip over our feet. As we come here to the mountaintop and we see his face again and we go, You are the reason I'm doing all this. You're it. You're everything. And then the things of man, begin to overwhelm the things of God in our lives again. And I just want to just make a little call to us as a movement. Wonderfully, we we are, we don't have to, you know, it's not like we we have millions and millions of pounds to spread around from publishing anymore. So that's a little easier for us, you know? Like, you know, none of us are going to run away. and It's like, you know, the money he hopefully isn't freaking us out too much. Anyone making a fortune pastoring a church? I'm kind of like a real senior leader, a real big one in the movement. And let me tell you, not so much, right? Sorry, I should never say that right now. <laughs> My wife is over there going, what is he doing? <laughs> but there's some wonderful things for us. that, like Some of the things of man that could have kept us, gotten us unfocused, have been stripped away from us right now. And we can sit down by the rivers of Babylon and cry, or we can go, thank you for stripping away some of the stuff so we can see what actually matters. Right? Thanks for cutting away all the fat so we can see what actually is important here. Thanks for paring it down so we actually know who we're meant to be. Because favor follows. You know, favor is on you guys, and favor is coming. Favor is here, and favor is coming. With favor comes those things again, and if we are not set our faces like flat toward the things of God, the things of man will distract us again, and we'll wander once more. Does that make sense? Okay. And then finally, and I mean, obviously, you guys go back and read these scriptures. I mean, I just, I'm trying to do five messages here, and I'm only 20 minutes in, so 15 minutes in, 13 minutes in, I still have 47 minutes. It's okay, breathe, I'm not going to do 47, it's okay. Then here's the thing, okay, so where that's leading to, you know where this is leading, right? You know what happens next. The message translation's great, you know? Jesus prophesies and it says, um, it, the message version says, um, you know, uh, in, the, in the NIV it says, truly I tell you, some of you standing here will not taste death before you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The message translation says, and just a few days later, three of them really did, you know? Because what happens is they go up the mountain with Jesus. And it's an unbelievable moment, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine that? And for like a good Jewish boy, it is the greatest hits moment of your Jewish history. Because not only, you know, it's like six days, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and they go up a high mountain. There he was transfigured before them. His face, listen to this, his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. And then there before them appeared Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. I mean, it's exciting to me, and I'm like such a goyim, you know? But for a good Jew boy, that was like, these are the greatest hits of my faith. It's Moses, it's Elijah, and now we know who this guy is. It's, you know, Mashiach. You know, it's, it's, he's there, it's, it's happening, you know? I mean, Peter, I'm sure this is why Peter, Peter, of course, begins to talk because that's all Peter knows how to do. Okay? <laughs> Peter just, we're going to build these tabernacles. I got a plan. You know what I mean? <laughs> We gotta build them. Get the wood. Sean, get the wood. They're still there. And Peter's like trying to build looking. You keep an eye out for the chariots of fire in case Elijah has to go. Yeah, I know. That was a super old testament joke, wasn't it? That was unbelievable. Okay. And then and then and then in that moment, while he was still speaking upright, literally this is the moment the father goes. Shut up. <laughs> this is meant to be really serious. I've totally lost the plot. And, 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 the, and the Lord speaks, the Father speaks from heaven and says, this is my son whom I love with him and I'm well. Please listen to him. And in that moment of the frantic, let's build the tabernacles, and Peter is, blah, blah, blah. in that moment, the Father speaks, and it's like a thunderclap, you know? And it says, listen, look at what they said. Um, It's just brilliant. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. They didn't fall down, they fell face down. Face down is the ultimate terror, right? Because if you're laying on your back, you can still see things. You know what I mean? And have you ever been that scared where you're just like, I got to plug my ears and cover my face? You know what I mean? That's what's happened here. The the guys are like, "Ah, ah, ah." it's just such a sense of awe. You know that word awe and the sense of awe? Like we say things are awesome, like, you know, I don't know, you know, those french fries were awesome. You know, and, <laughs> and we've completely lost the power of the word, right? You know, th- that's that moment when, when the presence, like, like the, the literal, like it's the presence of God. It's not even God himself. I mean, you know, we've got Jesus there, but and, and revealed in his glory, but then suddenly the Father is speaking from heaven, and in real time, you know, not through the scrolls anymore. It's like real time speaking, and the awe is so overwhelming that all they can do is lay down. Face down, utterly terrified, but listen to the next thing. God, this moves me. But then Jesus came and touched them. Always doing his thing, isn't he? Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And then when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. This next verse. As they were coming down the mountain. That moment there is, is the thing that we want so much. Like, don't you want that? Like, don't you want to see Jesus just revealed in all his glory and the Father speak to you in real time and, like, Wimber's there? too. <laughs> steady, steady, be cool, be cool. Don't freak out. Nobody yell heretic yet. I'm just trying to make a point. But you got to come off the mountain for, for where the action happens because it's in the valleys that the action happens. We, we love the mountain, but we, we're, that's just a call from the Lord. This is a good word. I, if you're not listening, you need to be listening. Okay. Um, He's still got one more message, and this one's on fire. Okay. Um, the first thing, Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. Um, I mean, Jesus comes down the mountain, and what does he do? He starts setting people free. No shining. The Lord calling again. I'm telling you, you need to pay attention. It's a good word. <laughs> <laughs> it's down the mountain, is where the action is, guys. It's down the mountain. It's, um, it's just down the mountain because you know why Jesus was coming down the mountain, don't you? Not just to set a demon possessed boy free, but he was headed for the cross for you and me. Jesus left all that, all that wonder for that moment. I can't even, I, I, I have thought about for years, what were he and Moses and Elijah talking about? No, I, I have a lot of questions. That's all my top five, I think. What were you guys talking about? Jesus says, baseball, I will explode into joy. <laughs> talking about pitch counts. i like, knew it. It's down the mountain is where this has to happen. We, we, like, we know how to do it here, up here. You know, we're even in the upper room. but Man, what our cities need is not better worship in our churches, but better, better worship in our streets. I, I just, we got to come down the mountain. And, and, and down, the, down in the valleys, it got really hard. Down in the valleys, the cross awaited. And I hear you say, well, but he was resurrected he was. Then he sent his spirit to his people. And then they went right back down to the valleys. And they got martyred. They got beaten. And they fought for the heart and soul of their cities. Paul went to Ephesus, recruited people on the way outside. I mean, that story's nuts. Paul's on the way into Ephesus, meets these dudes. Have you been baptized in the spirit? We've been baptized by John. Who's the holy who? The holy who? You know? Receive the Holy Spirit. Let's go into the city. Three years later, the whole city has been utterly upended by the power of God in every way. The economy of the city has been shaken to its core. Everything has changed in Ephesus in three years. And I go, how long? We just celebrated 20 years at Causeway Fender. Not a single riot. I'm not asking for a riot. I'm just saying down in the valley is where the action is for us. And as the worship people of this tribe, we're one of the final frontiers that's doing something that hasn't quite yet figured how to break out the walls of the church. So if I could just send you with that little dream to run down to the valleys where the action is and to figure out how to get out of our churches. I don't just mean for us to lead worship in town and an outreach. Somehow for what God is doing. So, you know that moment in this? I, I went out to go to the loo really quickly and came back in when you guys were being silent and was like, Whoa. I came in. Do you know what it's like to have a room of 300 people just doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Super spooky, right? But <laughs> once you walk in, there's just like this thing and you just, it's just the presence. You just can't, it's undeniable. It's undeniable. And how, how do we carry that out of our churches? I don't know. I wish that that's what this talk was, how to carry it out of our churches. It'd be way better. My evaluations off the charts. But instead, this talk is ending with this. For heaven's sakes, we cannot settle anymore. We have to figure this out. Jesus help us. Jesus help us. Because down the mountain, down in the valleys, where the miracles, the adventures await. Amen. Thus ends message four. And now I'm going to wrap up with my final one. I am absolutely doing a miraculous thing on time right now. It's like, it's like we're in a time-space container. I don't even know how it's working. Are you still alive? Are you okay? Can you do the last one? All right. Okay. I want to pick up where Taryn left off last night. In 1 Kings. What a word that was, huh? Good grief. If you didn't get saved last night, there's something wrong with you. Um, so, uh, <laughs> don't quote don't me out of context. Like, don't put, don't put that on Twitter, okay? Just, just save me the letters right now. Like, you know, please don't put them in the video. <laughs> Trey Shepard speaking this morning. If you didn't get saved last night, what's wrong with you? That's just not a good hashtag. What a jerk. Okay. Um, so here's here's where I want to pick up. Um, that story. I mean, the, the Elijah and the fire story. Uh, unbelievable, isn't it? And I guess what I want to do is, I, what I feel the Lord is saying isn't chronological in terms of the way it appears in the scripture. If that makes sense. So so th- this isn't the follow on from that. I'm just I just feel like that. I just couldn't get away from it. And and again, this morning when that song was there, I was just like, man, this is this is the word for us. I just I'm gonna just feel so strongly because. The immediate aftermath of this moment is pretty grim for Elijah, you know, if you've read the story, and I'm sure you have because you're all worship leaders, so you've read the Bible and you read the Bible so much, you know it so well. I, gentle message 4 A. Um, here's what happens, so let's just recap Elijah's powers really quickly. Power over the weather, number one power I would want. Right now, living in the UK, power of the weather, it will not rain for three years. <laughs> I mean, dude, if I, if I pulled that off, I would be prime minister in like a weekend. People would be like, whatever you're doing, you're in charge of everything, right? Okay, it will not rain. Okay, that's great. Okay, a bird army brings me food. This is... I, I'm just. That's exactly what happens, right? He has a bird army, right? I mean, awesome. I just wonder what kind of food it was. Did the birds ever bring chicken? And were they like this is ironic (laughs) sorry sorry okay guys guys like I said okay Bangkok at rush hour up there all right okay (laughs) okay okay so power of the weather bird army okay um the power to call fire from heaven super effective I just, I mean, I just, there's not a superlative enough to nail that one. I just, you just want that power. I don't know what you do with it. Well, I can think of some things I would do with it, but I don't know if I should. I just would love to have that power. Okay, so I mean, we're right already. Any of those things alone, you'd be like, this dude is set, right? Okay, but then on top of it, Right after this is when the moment when he goes out to see the cloud, like the size of a man's fist, all that business. And then he goes and he tells Ahab, you better go because I hear the sound of a heavy rain. I mean, Elijah has the one-liners of the Bible, doesn't he? You know what I mean? I hear the sound of a heavy rain. It's awesome. And then it's like Ahab gets in his chariot and like starts whipping the horses. And then it says Elijah pulls up his robe around himself. And that's what that, was just a, that's what that looks like in the Hebrew. <laughs> I don't know why I just acted it out but that's what he girds. He girds his robe around himself. That's what the, the Hebrew says there. And then it says he ran ahead of the chariot. So, okay, so, all right, so let's just recap. Power of the weather. Bird army brings you food. He calls out fire. Runs really, really fast. Okay, so he was, this is awesome, right? Okay, he, you just, like, I mean, this guy has everything, right? Okay, so literally, he's literally, I mean, he has literally just run ahead of a chariot, tucking his cloak into his belt. The English does not do that justice in any way. You just imagine Elijah, like the chariot taking off, and Elijah goes. Phew. You know, it's just unbelievable, right? Okay, so what happened is Ahab gets home, and Ahab goes home, and he's like, Ahab is so evil. And also so whiny, just the whiniest king of Israel ever. <laughs> but he tells Jezebel everything. You will not believe what happened. <laughs> Elijah killed all my brothers he got a fire. And Jezebel is serious. Jezebel's like, will you give him this message? Um, may the gods deal with me ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life, Elijah, like one of them, the people that you killed. That was extra to make it And then the next verse: Elijah walked to the palace with his bird army, munching on a chicken leg. (laughs) He stood there and called down a storm and then burned the palace with fire and then just for fun ran really fast around the nation. (laughs) None of that happened. Next line. I mean, literally, it's nuts what happens here. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. He came to Beersheba in Judah and left his servant there, and then he journeyed out into the desert, into the wilderness. He came to a broom tree. He sat down underneath it, and then he prayed to die. Elijah is clearly a musician. Right? Clearly a worship leader. I only know because I, listen, I used to walk off stage, and I used to, like, tell my a r guy, you cannot come near me for an hour. You don't even say a thing. Even if it's good, I don't want to look at you. Go away. Because my a man came and said, that was the greatest show of your entire life. On the third song, you sang one note out of key, I would go, I'm going to the desert. I hope there's a tree because it's... <laughs> I would literally, I would go lay under a tree and be like, Lord, I'm no better than my ancestors. Take me now. Which is the prayer... Which is the prayer that Elijah, that is exactly what Elijah prays. Just, if you're really depressed, it's a good prayer. Um, you know, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I, I, I mean, do you see the contrast there? What in heaven's name, right? What unbelievable contrast. I mean, and the guy has all the power, has everything. I mean, he has everything. He ha- he's holding all the cards in, in that way, right? But there's something, there's just something that happens in, inside himself, and, and, and he just, everything, everything about him, Gets utterly destroyed and stripped away, and not only that, his perspective is so skewed. He was told by Obadiah. Remember when Obadiah meets him and says, "I've hidden these prophets in the cave that Jezebel was killing." What is Elijah's perspective? I'm the only one left. I told. I put them in the cave. I know. I know. I'm the only one. Right now, who can understand that feeling? You guys are like not me. Everyone inside. Everyone's going right? Because we understand that, right? We understand it. Here, there's a deeper thing that God is saying to us here. It's a deeper thing that God is saying. And, and here's what happens, okay? In that moment, the way that the Lord responds to Elijah is intense to me. It's deeply, deeply moving. Because we're laughing because it's so ridiculous, aren't we? I mean, it is ridiculous. If you can do those things, that you would run away and pray to die, It is ridiculous. And we're laughing because we understand it. But see, here's the thing that God does in that moment God does not appear to Elijah and go, What are you doing? You eat. Him. Or doesn't smite him. I mean, thank God I'm not God, because I'd be like, What are you doing? You're dead. I have fire, you know? Here's what happens Elijah lays down. It says here, um, take my life, I'm no better masters. Then he lay down under the bush and he fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up. And, eat. and he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and he lay down again. There's no way to parse this better. Elijah blows it completely. And in the moment when he wants to die, God shows up and bakes him a cake. I don't know why that's funny. That's what it says. It bade bait, bait him a cake of bread is what it says there. It's not in the NIV because they took out cake, which was just, you know, some poor hermeneutics. But anyway, um, I'm kidding. I'm not knocking the translators to the NIV. Please do not repeat that. But that's what happens there. He goes by his head. He wakes up and there's this cake of bread that's been baked over hot coals. And this is the attitude of the Lord to us when we fall under the broom tree. You know, we're under the broom tree. We're already, you know, hitting ourselves, you know, wearing our hair shirts, you know, praying to die, totally ignoring the truth of everything, you know. I'm the only one left. Well, there's these other 350 worship leaders. No, I'm the only one. You have no idea. I was the only one who could really hear from God. <gasps> my songs were so much better. <sighs> right? And in that moment, what God, in our world, you know, in my mind, what God should do is, like, smack us around. But instead, what God does is he ministers to us in our place of need, where we're all used up. He bakes us a cake. <laughs> it's intense. It is funny too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that's both funny and intense. There's also a whole bunch of stuff, you know, in the desert where they're actually intense. So yeah, thank you. Um, Come on guys, I'm 49 years old. I got two grown children. I have no one at home to do dad jokes to anymore. All right, come on, let's stay with it. Stay with it. All right, let's stay with it. We're almost there. Here's the thing. Guys, here's the deal. I just feel like in this moment, all right, as a movement, all right, we, <laughs> this isn't come now as the time anymore, right? Whew, y'all got quiet then. <laughs> it was funny till then, Trey. <laughs> all right? It's not, okay? Our songs are not everywhere around the world. We are not the global worship titan. And here's what I say, thank God. Okay? Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. We're, we're in a cake time right now. And here's the the beautiful thing that the Father does. The Father does in these moments where we go, who are we anymore? What are we doing? What, 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 what? what, what?" And where sometimes we feel like giving up. And there's a whole bunch of people in this room who feel like your time has passed. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Your time is just beginning. We need mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers like we never have before. I can't even tell you how much we need mothers and fathers and grandmothers and grandfathers right now. And in this place that God meets us in, this place, where he feeds his cake. You know, you give cake to somebody you cherish, somebody you love, somebody you care about, someone you want to bless, someone you want to go here. You need this, have this, drink this water. And it just gets more beautiful. The angel Lord comes back a second time and touches and says, Get up and eat. This journey is too much for you. And I guess, you know, like usually you end a conference by going, We can do it. I want to end the conference by saying, This journey is too much for you. This journey is, is too much for us. We need something we don't have yet. It is too much for us. We can expend all this energy trying to figure out the new cool way to do it. spend all this energy desperately hoping. I mean, listen, I want us to write better songs. I'm, I'm, I'm a, that's, well, if, you've hung, if you hang out with me, you know that's my passion. So I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying that even if we have the best songs and the best tools and the biggest churches and all that stuff, and we don't have the thing that's keeping us from the journey already, then it doesn't matter because the journey is too much. But here's what it says. This is so beautiful. The next scripture, listen to this. So he got up and he ate and he drank. And then Elijah, it says here, strengthened by that food. And he travels all the way to Horeb, the mountain of God. And here's what happens there at that mountain, a few key things. He hears God in a whole new way. Were are in the whisper. His perspective's all messed up still. He's still like, I've been very zealous. All the prophets have been killed. We know, he knows that's not right. But he's all, you know, I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. Woe is me. And the Lord says, good grief. This, I can't even imagine what this must have felt like. The Lord says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for I'm about to pass by. And a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And then after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But then after the fire came a gentle whisper. And Elijah heard and he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave and a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah says the same complaint. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down the altars. They put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. And then the Lord said, go back the way you came. Get to the desert of Damascus. When you're there, anoint Hezael, king over Aram. Anoint Jehu king over Israel. Anoint Elish, a son of Shaphat, from Abel Mullah, to succeed you as a prophet. And then this last sentence, I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. When you've, had to, when you've been out in the desert under the tree, the first thing you find is that we are not God's tools, we're God's friends. We're not here as his tools to change the world. We're here as his friends to bring hope to every area of culture, society, every person. Not tools are friends. Because you bake cakes for your friends when they're down. And more than that, here's the thing. We're at a place as a movement where I think God wants to speak to us in a new way. I think Harmony's song is prophetic for us right now. Look for you in the fire but I found you in the whisper. You were in the whisper. In this incredibly crowded worship world and things of a billion songs and all that kind of stuff, let me tell you, we don't just want our songs to rejoin that crowd. We want whatever the thing is that Jesus is whispering us, we want to find a way to take it to as many people as possible. And I don't care if they sing in our churches, but I do care if they sing it in our streets. Whatever Jesus is whispering to us has, has to make its way out. Maybe we're in that moment right now where the Lord is whispering to us again. And then just to close, here's the best thing. The very first thing Elijah does
1: is Elijah went
0: down from there in verse 19 and he found Elisha. Elisha was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. And Then Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my mother and father goodbye, then I will come with you. Elijah says, go back. What have I done to you? (laughs) Listen to this. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Here's the thing. Elijah passes something on, and here's what he passes on, okay? He doesn't just pass on because you know it's not long. It's just over, and um, it's just over literally um, in just a few verses later that Elisha says, I want a double portion of what you're carrying. And Elijah says, if you're with me when I go, you'll get it, right? Here's the thing. What if we're in this period right now because God is ready to raise up a whole generation of Elishas? And What if instead of trying to figure out how we rejoin the fray, we're meant to be mothering and fathering right now to release a whole new generation of Elishas who will burn their plows behind them and go, I won't need these anymore. I got something to do. And then that moment when he is taken up, And it says his cloak falls, and Elisha picks it up and goes back to the river they just crossed. that Elijah had touched it, and the water had split. And Elisha comes up to that river, and he goes, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And touches it, and the river, boom, splits. And then Elisha, that double portion anointing is on him. And Elisha goes on to do far more than Elijah ever did. Elisha moves in unbelievable power. Elisha's just like, and it's not like, like listen, um, there's, a, there's a moment there um, in 2 Kings 6-9. Go look at it later. I want to try to wrap up in time. I want a time to pray for you real quick. But in 2 Kings 6-9, Elijah found himself in this unbelievable threatened moment by Ahab and Jezebel, and he runs out to the desert to die. Elisha is doing prophetic spying on the king of Arameans, I think, okay? He's like prophetically spying. They keep showing up to do ambushes. And Elisha keeps calling, like calling the king. I don't know what, I'm just like, so, yeah. Elisha keeps going to the king going, at so and such time, this person will be there. And they show up and they get beaten up by the Israelites. And the the guys are like, how is this happening? They're like, that Elisha guy, he can hear us when we're talking right now. It's like prophetic spying, right? So they go, well, go send an army to get him. So they go and the whole army surrounds the city where Elisha is. And Elisha is now, Elisha's in a far more tricky wicket than old um, Elijah was. Elisha is absolutely, yeah, it is Aramaeans. Elisha is completely surrounded by the Aramaeans. A whole army is surrounding him. Elijah had the threat of one woman and ran and died in the desert. God had to bake him cake, right? <laughs> Elisha's like, got a whole army around him. Gehazi, who, that's the, it says the servant of the Lord, but it is Gehazi. Later, Gehazi's having, he's the servant of Elisha, and he's like, What are we gonna do? 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 And Elisha's just like, Cool as a poached egg. He's like, Oh, you mean about the army? <laughs> I mean, that's what it, I mean, I, I'm, I'm adding a little drama to it, but this is what happens, you know what I mean? When the servant, here's, I'm gonna read it to you, okay? When the servant of the man of God, old Gehazi there, Get up and went out early the next morning. An army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord! What shall we do? The servant asked. <laughs> Just imagine Elijah going, "Huh? Don't be afraid." The prophet answered. Listen to this: Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. There's no gut check there. You got a double portion, right? And then, and this is oh goodness gracious! This moment, this is a titanic moment of scripture right here. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked, he saw the hills full of horses and the chariots of fire all around Elisha. Come on. Come on. Let me tell you what I do not want is I do not want to pass down my insecure, I hope you don't say one bad word about me, life. I want to pass down, burn the plows. And when you are surrounded by every single enemy. You look up and you say, the hills are filled with horses and the chariots of fire. We're taking the gates of hell down over this city. Suicide will not kill more young men in Northern Ireland anymore by the name of Jesus.